I don't want to, you know, learn these great skills and move out the city. I want to give back to my city and like hopefully through the academy, I can train like more great developers and they can make great things for themselves or people that they know. So mm -hmm. it's like a give and take, you know, like just giving people the skills they need and like it's going to multiply. And so that's like the future I dream of right there. That's what's up. That's what's up. What up, though, Black Friday family? Welcome back to another episode of the Black Fridays podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me. He is a iOS developer and a code mentor, Nick Gordon. How you doing today, brother? I feel very good. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Happy that you pulled up to the podcast, and I'm looking forward to learning more about uh, this app world and developer world as well. And as I had told you earlier, we crossed paths many times at Black Tech Saturdays or several times at Black Tech Saturdays, and it's good to have this formal introduction to you, but if you had to introduce yourself to the folks watching, the folks listening, how would you describe uh, Nick Gordon and the work that you do? So if I were to describe myself to people, I would say that I'm very um, passionate about what I do. Um, you know, being a Detroiter, a black person, going through the academy as a learner and wanting to get into tech, uh, realizing that I put in like the work for the 10 months. And when they offer me a full-time coding position, you know, that warrants my heart to be able to like have a skill and share it to my people and just really help people that want to get into tech, like real them the skills needed to like pursue whatever they want to do. And so I'm very passionate about what I do, very loving, um, just very helpful, very kind person. So I think that's how I would describe myself. Dope, dope. That's solid. And I wanted to know if you could invite us into the world of the Apple Developer Academy, which you are a part of and a mentor in. And Tell folks, how did that come about? What is it about? And what's the, the process to get in? Yeah, so just to give a little bit of backstory. So I went to school for seven years for mechanical engineering. Mm -hmm. um, realized halfway through that I really didn't like mechanical engineering. Um, I really didn't care for like solving car problems or HVAC things or like doing like the tools that they need to like to be a mechanical engineer. And so I graduated in 2020, the pandemic hit. And so it was really hard to find a job. And so I got a job at Rocket doing mortgage underwriting, um, did that for two years. And then I realized, like, I really want to get into tech. Like, I seen, like, a whole bunch of tech things, like AI emerging and things like that. Mm. And I was like, wow, this is cool. Um, and I realized I want to do, like, software engineer. I want to solve computer problems. And so the big problem was, like, should I pay money to go back to a boot camp or should I, like, go back to school and, like, spend time and money on that? And then I heard about the Developer Academy, and it almost sounded too good to be true because the benefits of the Developer Academy is that you get uh, free parking, you get a Mac and iPhone upon completion, you also get a stipend if you qualify, so they will pay you to go learn. And all they require you to do is show up and be willing to collaborate in person. And so, you know, I applied, I did the foundation program, which is a one-month program, it's for people that don't know how the academy learning style is. It's a very different learning style. It's very hands-on and like very exploratory. Um, and so I did the foundation, realized that I love like the way they teach there. Mm -hmm. I applied to the 10-month program, got in. And so I spent my next 10 months like really learning how to code. Like I said, I really wanted this thing to work. And so I learned how to code. I made a LinkedIn to like really showcase like my progression through coding. And so every Sunday I post like you know, just something new, like coding related. Mm -hmm. So like one of my very first projects was like a button. And when you tap that button, it changes from green to yellow. And so just little things like that. And then people see my progress. 
And then towards the end of the academy, you know, they had like a coding position open and I got encouraged to apply there. I applied and then I got offered a full-time job and I saw that really started my journey there and mm-hmm. just super excited to like teach the new learners the things I know and just be a role model. That's amazing. And have you always, would you deem yourself always interested in like um, digital media, tech, uh, coding, web design or design? Have, would you say you always were interested in that or was that something that kind of came about later on in life? I think it kind of came about, I knew I was always naturally a problem solver. You know, as my auntie say, back like back when Detroit Blackout was a thing, I was problem solving, like trying to help, like how do, can I get my family out the city? And so, yeah, you know, I had my shovel out and like was trying to dig a hole to like <laughs> go somewhere else. Like I was trying to problem solve, like how mm-hmm. to do that. And then I noticed like early in my childhood, I, I usually take apart like a lot of toys and just see like, you know, how did they put these things together? So I was very tinkering. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I had a computer growing up, so I was very like into computers and things like that. But. I think during college, I realized, like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, I didn't know, like, software development was a thing until, like, halfway through college. And then when I looked more into it, I'm like, wow, this is cool. Like, I could really program something and make it come to life. So I really want – That's I think that's when I really knew I wanted to get into, like, software development. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So now that we got a little bit more about your background and what you're up to nowadays, I would like to introduce you to my favorite part of Black Fridays, which is Freestyle Fridays. So uh, it's pretty straightforward, simple questions. They're all about you, random assortment of questions. And I just ask that you answer each one and you answer honestly. Okay. All right, cool. So I'm assuming that you were uh, a bit of a techie growing up? Um, Not really. Not uh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm still going to ask the question. What was your favorite piece of tech growing up? My favorite piece of tech was definitely the GameCube. <laughs> I, lo- I love the GameCube growing up. Um, you know, it's just... Like a simple console had like all the great games, great mm-hmm. design. I like the box style of it. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a solid console. That's like one of my favorite consoles of all time. It was, yeah. They they because uh, one of mine is the uh, Nintendo sixty four. Mm-hmm. They followed that up with the GameCube, yeah. and so yeah, man, that was that was a great piece of tech. R.I.P. to the GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> um, growing up, were you so? I know that you had recently developed or are developing an app. You said for yourself, but you know, hope to broadcast it in the future. That's based off of like the Pokemon concept, mm-hmm. where it's uh, uh, related to um, burning calories. So doing something physically to get a reward digitally and then possibly uh, physically as well. But the short of that is, were you a Pokemon fan growing up? Yes. So definitely, when I had like my Game Boy events, you know, I had Pokemon Yellow. That was my very first mm-hmm. Pokemon game. And then, you know, just playing Pokemon with my nephews, you know, every time we all hung out, like we all had our Game Boys and like did trades and things like that. And then I had like a DS and I got like, you know, all the Pokemon games, like I had Emerald, mm-hmm. Platinum, uh, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, all the games. Mm-hmm. Even I had like a computer game for Pokemon, like I was able to illegally, <laughs> illegally get the game and like play. All allegedly. The- we're going to say, yeah, right? allegedly. <laughs> and got all the games and things like that. And so when Pokemon Go came out, I thought this was cool. Like, mm-hmm. You know, just like being able to go outside and like catch Pokemon and burn calories. And then like all like it was so big at the time. Like I think it was in 2016, like all yep. the companies was like, if you this team, you get a discount on this thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just nice to see like everybody outside just socializing and just walking around trying to hatch eggs and things like that. So that's mm-hmm. definitely where I drew my inspiration from. 
Yeah, at that point in time, I think that I definitely was. Uh, so I, I grew up on Pokemon too, and then uh, when Pokemon Go came out, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. But like, you would see people. I lived in Farmington at the time, and people would be at like this certain park, and I was wondering like why everybody was coming to this park. But that was like the battle center. So if you went there, either you could get I, I forgot how it went, but like either you could do you can battle with other people, or you can get like rare Pokemon. I can't remember which one it was. Might have been a combination of both. But that was a that was a wild phenomenon because people was like getting injured and stuff, trying to ride bikes and do Pokemon to go and, and drive their cars. So, yeah, that that was a time. That was an era. Yeah, I didn't go that – yeah, I didn't, definitely didn't drive and play. But I know, <laughs> like, you know, back when I was in college, like, when I got out of class, like, me and a couple of friends, we went to – down. I went to school in Flint. Mm -hmm. So we went to downtown Flint, and, like, we literally walked from, like, 9 o'clock at night to, like, 12 o'clock in the morning and, like, just kept walking, had your mm -hmm. eggs and stuff. We was dedicated during that time. Phenomenal. How far did you get? How far did I get? I think I'm like level 28. Okay. And like that was like within like the first month and a half of playing. Then after okay. that, I kind of just stopped. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is the most random job that you have? Granted that you said you were always a uh, problem solver. The most random job I ever had? Mm -hmm. Um, The most random job. Probably the job that I literally had for only a day. And I realized I was supposed to apply to be like a, a like an HR system, like answer phone calls and things like that. Mm-hmm. That I got in there and the first day was like, all right, I'm about to go from door to door selling like these fire kits. And I'm like, okay, this is not for me. Like, this was too <laughs> random. You know, I got through the whole thing. I'm like, are we supposed to sell these? And then they said like, I had to sell 3,000 units just to get that HR job or something mm -hmm. like that. And I'm like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that remind me of like, I don't know if you ever heard of Cutco. Mm -mm. It was a organization. It basically was a pyramid scheme, but like you would pay X amount of dollars for a knife kit mm -hmm. and then you would have to go out and sell your knife kits and then if you sold X amount of knife kits, you got your money back for the investment that you made with them up front. It was some BS. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. when I was in high school, that's what they were trying to get like anybody who was 18 or, or around that age to to do. So something similar. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say is your uh, is your favorite coding language that you learned so far? So since I'm like I'm only a year, like a little bit over here into uh, like the tech world and coding. And so definitely Swift, um, not because that's like my only language, but because. It's so easy to get into. So, like, I highly advise people that are tech curious, like, Swift is a very good language to get into. Mm. Um, Very easy to read. And then, like, the way the coding thing is set up, like, you can see, like, the iOS simulator. Like, so you can see, like, the phone come to life as you're coding. So, like, if you say, okay, I want a blue background and an image on there, you can see it on the canvas, mm. as we call it. And you can see how it would look on the phone. Mm. And so just seeing that come to life slowly, you can kind of, like, be creative with it and things like that. And I think that motivates people like to see their code and come to life in real time. Mm. And so that's definitely my favorite favorite language so far compared to other languages. That's, that's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to end off with a, a harder one. And I got this question when I was working in uh, tech before I got my job in tech. And <clears throat> I would like to know if you had to get rid of one piece of Apple technology, what would it be? One piece? Yeah. Ooh, uh, Dang, let's see. F one piece. So I like the iPhone. I like the watch. The watch is really cool. Um iPad is pretty cool. Maybe the vision OS as of right now. That, I know that just came out, but it's like yeah. super bulky. Mm -hmm. I can't see myself wearing it. It's too expensive. If they had like a sleeker model, yeah. I probably would do that. But that's a good one. Yeah, they don't need that right now. That's a good one. I, I think, yeah. That's probably a test run anyway. They probably trying to figure out how they can get it in some some shades or something. Yeah. 
it's like yeah it's just super big and then i think the battery life is only two hours so it's like yeah you can't really go nowhere if you go try to go outside with it it's kind of like goofy looking right so yeah right you definitely gotta use that in the crib yeah yeah <laughs> well congratulations you successfully passed freestyle friday so thank you for engaging in the randomness yeah that was fun Dope, dope. And I wanted to get back into a little bit more about your background than like your your area expertise. And so you went through the program yourself, the Apple uh, Developer Academy, and then now you're on the other end and being uh, a coach, a mentor, a teacher. And so I want to know what is that like for you now being on this side of it versus um, being a, a, ment a mentee and then learning a lot of the information that you now know and is passing on to other people? You know, I graduated on june 30th and then i started my mentor role on july 5th so we had like one week break and so during the whole summer we took the feedback of the second class and like really tried to make the program better so like a lot of that summer was just planning more planning like trying to figure out how do we make this like all the things we teach run smooth and so just being on the planning side of things was different like saying that like we have to make the curriculums and things like that and like all the activities and stuff like that and then you know, going into like the first class, like I was very nervous, like, you know, just making sure everything was perfect, making sure I do a good job as like a mentor, role model, things like that. And then, um, yeah, just seeing the other side of things, like, you know, knowing, knowing that I know how the day is going to go, but they don't. It's mm -hmm. like just little things like that. And knowing like I make the groups and like they just don't know. Mm -hmm. But it's been pretty good. You know, on the first week, somebody said, Nick, like, I love that you're in the space. Like, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. And that really... You know, warm my heart and like let me know that I'm doing a good job. And so I love being a mentor so far. That's fire. Yeah. And as far as the program goes, is there a I'm sure there's a curriculum in terms of the students being able to learn. But I guess how is performance evaluated? How is it evaluated? What does that kind of look like? Is it like a traditional classroom or non-traditional? Because I know you mentioned that the goal is for you to show up, have an open mind, be willing to learn. But is there like an evaluation process of if you late X amount of times, you you uh, can't stand a program or if you don't know how to do this by this period of time, you know, you, you may uh, be at risk of losing out on the program, anything like that. So the only thing we have is that we require a 90 percent attendance. And so that's really like a lot of the challenges, like a lot of things we do there is like um, team based work. And so if you're not there, it really hinders like everybody else experience. And so. You know, if you drop below like that certain percentage, like you can still complete the program, but you lose like you can't get the tech at the end. Um, you might lose your stipend. Um, also, like at the end of the program, we have like certification tests that people can take. So you won't be eligible for that as well, but you can still complete the program. Mm -hmm. In regards to like the learning style is definitely different than like your traditional traditional school. It's definitely like a lot of ex like what's the word exploratory. So like you can choose to learn what you want to learn. Mm -hmm. We don't really make people learn, but like we like if you want to learn something, we have the resources there and like you can ask your peers and mentors, like whatever things you want to learn. And so as I was a learner, you know, I wanted to learn code. And so I bugged my mentors like, hey, how do I figure this out? I tried these things already. How do I get this thing to work? So, you know, I tried on my own for a little bit. And if I get too stuck, then I ask the mentor for help. And then just having that support, like it's not really a structured thing. It's like mm -hmm. very everybody's there for their own things, like going back, like. The age range is from 17 to 76. Mm -hmm. People come there with no coding experience. Some people already have like a degree already. So like people are there for their own reasons. And so we kind of keep that like that very um, loose structure so people can really explore and figure out what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And because it's a 10 month program, how would you say 
the level of commitment as somebody being a part of the program, being a student, how I want to say daunting because like it's a bad thing, but just like how strenuous is it to kind of like maintain and keep it up? And how often are people meeting up for these uh, for these sessions and for the program? Yeah, so people show up and I really like we really tell people like even like my peers in my class, like you really get out what you put in. Mm. And so like if you really want to get in tech, you really got to put in the work. Um, it's not an easy thing. To, like it's not easy. I'm not going to lie and say it's easy. You know, during my time as a learner, like I definitely have my frustrations, definitely had like obstacles. But I think the main thing is like consistency. Like the more you do it, the easier it gets. And so, you know, just staying consistent, knowing that when I see my peers try hard, it makes me want to grind harder. And then we really can lean on each other if we get stuck. And so I tell people, like, really put in that work. Uh, it's not going to, like, no opportunity is not going to fall into your lap. You really got to put in that work and just um, put in, like, yeah, just put in the work and make progress and mm -hmm. really be a good team player and show people that you're able to be work, like, you're able to work in teams and things like that. Mm -hmm. If you show that you're a good person, I think that goes a long way. Like, I prefer people that are easy to work with. And um, they're easy to work with rather than somebody that knows the things, but they're, like, not easy to work with. And I think that relates to, like, job stuff, too, because, like, anybody could teach somebody how to code, design, and do things, but you can't really teach a person, like, how to be a good person. Like, right, right. Yeah. Got you, got you. And what type of – I know you said everybody essentially has is on their own pathways when they join the program, but where have you seen some people land in terms of next opportunities, next roles? Because similar programs that may not be as specific to the Apple Developer Academy or the curriculum within that academy, but um, in terms of coding and things like that, uh, people may join those to – jump careers or, or switch over to something new. So I just wanted to know from your experience, what have you seen people go on to do uh, that have left the academy? So I know we got a couple entrepreneurs. One of my good friends, he's making a app. He has a card game. So he's like a black game developer and he's making a card game for his app. So he's like entrepreneurship, like entrepreneur. So he's very entrepreneurial minded. Mm -hmm. And so he came to the academy and learned like, you know, how to make apps and really like how to market your apps and like the business side of app development. And so he got out of there that, like, you know, the knowledge to make his game that's in progress right now. Now, I know a girl, um, she's trying to get into animation. So she got, like, an animation studio and really doing, like, trying to make, like, cartoons that show, like, black representation and things like that. Got a buddy. He got an internship with Apple and Cupertino. Mm. Um, and he, But he worked at Apple before he came there. So he was, like, in retail. But he put in the work, and he's, like, excellent, like, really smart guy. And so he got a job there. Well, not a job, but an internship there. And yeah, just different things. We do have a, so we have like a group chat at the academy. Mm -hmm. And one of the channels is called Opportunities and Jobs. And so anytime we see like opportunity, we post it in there for everybody else. And so, you know, when I be on LinkedIn, I see like a project manager job in Detroit. So I post it in there and say like, hey, if y'all interested, interested in it, jump on this like opportunity and things like that. So that's one way how we all help each other out. Like anytime I see a posting, even though I don't need the job, I know mm -hmm. somebody in there probably want to apply there. So that's fire. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit earlier about just kind of the landscape of Detroit and where it's heading as kind of like a rising tech hub in, um, in America, North America and so forth. So I wanted to get more of your thoughts on the evolution of the city of Detroit, because you and I both DPS uh, graduates and alumni and the resources probably when we were in high school or going through the DPS system wasn't as um, 
wasn't as robust as it is now, just as far as like technology goes or different opportunities available. So just wondering, like as a Detroiter and then seeing the metamorphosis of the city kind of growing into this tech hub, wanted to get your thoughts on where where you've seen it come from and where do you kind of see it heading? Yeah, I really wish like I had these resources growing up, but as I always tell people, like it's better now than never. Mm. Um, just not knowing like about technology in high school or even middle school and just... Yeah, just not knowing like this field was a thing. But now like we got Black Tech Saturdays, which is like a place where like people in like our tech carriers are just entrepreneurs in tech. It's a place for us to meet up and like talk about our ideas and like keep each other, you know, just uplifted. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to go every Saturday I can just to keep me motivated to like learn what I need to learn. Cause I, I just think it's dope. Like it's a side of Detroit that people don't see. Right. And then we got like programs like Code 313 that's helping kids get into STEM programs like journey as well so it's like a lot of different programs out there and it's like it's just great seeing like the youth getting into tech mm -hmm. and like now that i know how to code you know i try to show my nephew who is like nine years old like hey like i can make an app that can like have your favorite color and your name on there and like mm -hmm. your image and like he's really interested in things like that like he said nick how you do that and then i said like yeah if you want to learn how to do it like we can like you know just start coding things mm -hmm. up and they even have apps for little kids, like, you know, they teach them, like, coding in yep. a fun, gamified way. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it's beautiful um, that we have these resources and that we're jumping on it early. So, like, when Detroit blows up and, like, you know, we become, like, the next Silicon Valley, mm -hmm. we are ready and we have the skills needed, you know, just to stay in the game. Um, and also, what was my next point? So, and also... Um, I forgot. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all good. It might come back to you. Yeah. But I, I was going to say that it, it's definitely apparent because like two of our largest industries, healthcare and automotive in the state of Michigan, are both starting to invest a lot more into technology and how they use it for their operations, their systems, business overall. And I think that uh, it's huge being able to have resources like Apple Developer Academy or any other coding programs out there because for lack of better terms, that is the future. And being able to, you know, people are fearful of technology is going to take my job or AI is going to take my job. And the best thing I always hear as a rebuttal to that is, no, the person who knows how to use those things is going to take your job because we have to be invested in the technologies as they come about. And then it's all a part of evolution and, and things like that. Because think about, you know, people who thought that um, Apple, when they first started, or Microsoft, any any other uh, hardware, software developers that were up and coming back in the 80s, 70s, whenever that time frame was, and the evolution of computers and thought that, you know, that was just something crazy. And while we use computers and like, look where we are now, like you can create a whole digital persona yourself that don't even exist in the in the real world but can have all your likeness your voice your identity personalities like dimples on your face all that crazy stuff so it's just like how do we continue to encourage the young folks for sure to get into the space but then also not be afraid as uh adults or um people who are a little bit more advanced in career and life in terms of being curious about these things and learning how to utilize these things as well. Cause like you said, even in the academy, you all have a wide range of folks from 18 to 75 or 76, I, you, I think you said. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it, it, it's, it's fair game for everybody, but how can more people get uh, interested in terms of even just learning and exploring so that they, they're abreast of these things? I know for me, like, I know some people like have trouble, like like if you're into fashion, like how can I incorporate fashion to tech or like music into tech? And so, like, for some of my learners, like, they, you know, they have, like, very creative minds. Like, you know, I have some people that are music, 
like into music, art, fashion, and they always ask like, how can I use tech into this? And sometimes I get them ideas like it, like any any genre can be like tech related. You know, like for example, like I think it's a dope idea for a barber. Like if I could try on a haircut without committing to it, like mm. maybe like a slider thing, like show like how how I want my fade or things like that. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, any yeah, just any business could be into tech, and I think people have a fear that it might take away jobs, but it's actually gonna create more jobs. Mm. The thing is, we just got to change our skill sets, you know. And then just having that conversation, like you know, I try to have conversations with my family, like you know, just like where we're going in the tech world and like things that are happening, we need to stay educated and up to date, you know, like with the newest, newest AI or just what's happening in the tech world. What's some of the things that you like that you see that's um, coming up in, up and coming in tech? Um, Definitely AI. You know, mm -hmm. I went to Michigan Tech Week this week and as I was networking, like just seeing how everybody's trying to incorporate AI into like their work. I think one of the most interesting things I heard was like a lawyer, she was trying to use AI to like read documents and like break it down for people to make um, the law more accessible to people. So mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. And even me, I'm trying to use AI into my app, like maybe to like, for my fitness app, for example, like it kind of records like how many calories you're burning and like mm -hmm. maybe the next day, like adds additional 10 calories or 15. So like mm -hmm. slow increments to like help you push yourself a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it'd be dope. Do you have any recommendations for me on how I can incorporate technology or AI for that? term into uh the podcast in the podcasting world into the podcast yeah. um so as of right now if i'm going off my like off my brain maybe maybe like analytic based like maybe it can give you like topics or things like that like mm. maybe look at past topics and like just see like what's the next topic you can do or the next person you should bring in based on that topic as of right now yeah i like that i like that that's that's very practical so yeah i appreciate that um and growing up as a techie like uh right now using multiple devices in order to record this episode but you know podcasting can be very low tech as well because really you just need to be able to figure out audio which includes some some uh overall knowledge of of tech so always been a lover of tech um been a big proponent of it and probably spent too much uh, money on it uh, personally but it's definitely a uh, a very important thing in terms of uh, what's next. And I always see it as uh, the great divider in my mind, like what offers us opportunities, especially people who look like us, mm -hmm. come from the same communities that we do, high schools, even people who look like us and offering them more opportunities and lessening that gap in between knowledge and between wealth and, and all those things. I, I feel like tech is that is the, the that particular thing. And just want to get your thoughts and opinion on uh, whether it's coding, whether it's um, actual like knowledge of uh, engineering, tech engineering or um, uh, computer skills, how that can help us like advance our overall community. Yeah, so definitely tech. Um, I know for me personally, you know, I want to get good at what I do so I can like help black businesses stay up to date with tech. You know, I believe every business needs to have like some type of online presence and have a great online presence to stay relevant nowadays. You know, everything is online. Um, just having like some type of AI system or some type of tech thing to make the whole process of their business smoother. Mm -hmm. That's something I want to do. And I think like if you're an entrepreneur, you need to like at least know what's going on in the tech world so you can stay up to date. Like everybody's trying to incorporate AIs in some sort in their businesses. So I think, you know, businesses should look into that. Um, and yeah, just like, like looking at the newest designs and things like that, um, AR might be on the rise as well. So like just seeing like, how can that be beneficial to your business? And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just need to do research on that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> 
top of your mind, do you have any pieces of AI technology that black businesses could probably use better in terms of being able to do better business overall? Because this is something I think about quite often, but I want to know if um, you being in the coding space and developing space, if there is any thoughts on it's like certain systems or certain things that black businesses might not be tapping into overall. Mm, so as of right now, so since I'm like very still new into the tech world, as of right now, I can't really think of anything. Mm. You know, I've just been trying to like research and like perfect my skills so I can like be able to help people better. But as of right now, I can't think of anything. For sure. For sure. And you yourself, do you have any aspirations of developing your own app, your own business around technology, being a tech founder uh, someday? Or would you like to continue to um, enhance your your skills, your personal development, and then continue down the path of being able to, to teach folks? I know like entrepreneurship wise, I do want to like a uh, lounge. Um, I, I like uh, the idea of like an R&B lounge and like mm-hmm. a place where people can be creative, like poetry nights and things like that. In regards to tech, you know, I just want to help my people like their businesses nourish so like you know i don't really have like a business as of right now that i can think of i just want to be like a freelancer and just help people propel their businesses and i think when we have quality businesses here with great online presence that bring more people here so i want to really keep my skills in detroit you know mm-hmm. really make quality apps for detroiters so they can have great businesses so we can like bring more people here so that's, that's like my that's my future goal right there that's what's up. We don't hear we don't hear a lot of people outwardly say that, which I, I think is super dope because, you know, we I'm sure you have people that you went to school with or you grew up with that might have uh, got their education or went else for education and kind of stayed away from the city mm-hmm. versus it, like intentionally making sure that they come back or that they stay here like I did, like you um, are doing now. And we need more of that, essentially, if we're going to kind of get to a place where uh, people who look like us are going to be able to continue to move and shake in the city in a way similar to the folks that don't look like us are doing, we definitely going to need more of that. I definitely agree. You know, I don't want to, you know, learn these great skills and move out the city. I want to give back to my city and like, hopefully through the Academy, I can train like more great developers and they can make great things for themselves or people that they know. So Mm -hmm. it's like a give and take, you know, like just giving people the skills they need and like, it's going to multiply. And so that's like the future I dream of right there. That's what's up. That's what's up. So it, if you're looking in your crystal ball, is there anything on the horizon that you would like to do in the near future, further down the line? What do you kind of see in the future for Nick? So I know for the future for Nick, other than like learning the second coding language, I really want to travel with intent. So like, you know, when I travel, I want to do networking and also have fun. I don't want to like just travel and just do things. You know, every once in a while, but I really want to travel and like know more about tech. So mm-hmm. like going to more networking events with tech and just really put my name out there. Um, and just getting good at what I do and like really start like maybe a firm or a consulting company where I can really help businesses get the tech they need for their business and like really help them develop quality apps. Fire. Fire. Well, Nick, this has been a super dope conversation, man. I really appreciate you joining the podcast today and sharing your background, your experience and the work that you do with the Apple Developer Academy. Where can the good folks, if they want to follow your journey, they want to learn about the apps that you've been developing, how can they get in contact with you? What's your social media handles? If you got a website, could you tell us that? All that good stuff. Yeah. So if y'all want to get a handle on me, um, I got a LinkedIn. So it's Nicholas Gordon. Um, you should see like fire chats, like my, you should see like this, actually this exact same outfit with like a red background <laughs> on. <laughs> and then like my social media Instagram at Nick underscore underscore iOS is where I do like coding tutorials. Now I'm in the process of making a YouTube channel. Um, I really want to be like a black content creator. Mm-hmm. And so like a black tech, tech content creator, so like making tech videos 
like for people that want to get into tech. So like maybe doing like tutorial videos, because like I know going through the academy, like looking at tutorial videos, I'm like dang, where's like the black tutorial coders? Yeah, at? yeah. And so that's kind of want to be like that representation, like help people get into tech and like have my face on there and really like break things down for people. Dope, dope. Well, thank you once again for your time today. Really appreciate it and love the work that you're doing with the Apple Developer Academy and look forward to seeing how you continue to help multiply that legion of folks who know how to code that's from the city and can make some dope apps, make some dope uh, things happen in the digital space uh, that will turn into reality uh, in and around the community. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And everybody watching, I'll tap in with y'all soon. Peace.